Hello, listeners. Welcome to another in a series of special podcast interviews that we recorded at an event over in America recently called The Quail. It's part of Pebble Beach Car Week. Now, if you're into your racing, this person needs no introduction. He's heavily decorated. He's a legend of the track and his name is Dario Franchitti. But what we're interested in is his day job because he has possibly the coolest job in the automotive world right now. He is the development driver for the Gordon Murray T50 and, well, it's such a special car. This is the spiritual successor to the McLaren F1. It's another fan car. It's got a screaming, naturally aspirated V12 engine. It's got a central seating position. Yeah, we're quite excited about it, as you can tell. And it's nearly ready for full production to be delivered to customers. So we thought this was the perfect time to sit down with Dario and quiz him on the whole project. How did the job come about? What's it really like to work for Gordon? And most importantly, what's the T50 like to drive? Anyway, enjoy the pod. Here's Dario. Dario Franchitti, welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Very well. So, um, three-time Indy 500 winner, Daytona 24 Hours winner, but also, and more importantly, in this particular context, the man with one of the coolest jobs on the planet, which is to develop, test drive the new Gordon Murray Automotive T50. My business um, card says ambassador. I got a business card two days ago. They gave me a business card, or business cards, uh, not just one. Wow. That, that, that's strong. So wherever you go, you are an ambassador for the GMA yeah, brand. Apparently. Um, so how are you doing? Are you doing any driving out here um, in uh, the Pebble and Car Week or just talking to idiots um, like me? I, I come out here anyway. I, I come out here. I think I've missed one in the last 15 years, one Car Week, and I, it's, it's, it's heaven for us, isn't it? Yeah. And so um, obviously we're launching 33 and launching T50. Um, to the American audience, they're American customers because... None of them have seen it. You know, a lot of people have had you know, paid deposits a couple of years ago and they haven't seen a car. So we've been doing that. Um, I was supposed to race the the Duckums, the LM, the Al, that Gordon designed for Alan Decadney. Um, I think we did four laps in two days. Got pole position. Yeah. But we had a, a, a sort of a, ter- a terminal so that's issue. That's why you weren't going to be here today, but now you are here. Today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so a bit of a double-edged sword that one. I'm yeah, glad you're here. Yeah. So we had a bit of a terminal issue. So had to park it yesterday, and it's not going to. We're, we're not going to be able to run it again this weekend. Any chance to drive T50? We're driving T50. Twelve thirty tomorrow. I'm going to take it for a, a, lap, a lap round or laps around Laguna Seca. So that'll be good. Fantastic. All right. So how do you? Let's go back to the beginning. How do you get this job as development development driver on what's so destined to be one of the world's great supercars, really. Um, who called who? So, I was here in 2000 and, was it 19, 18, 19? And I was at Bernardus and Gordon walks out of this door. And I said, like, how are you doing? He goes, oh, I've just launched this car, you need one. I said, how much is it? Because I knew it was going to be brilliant, right? Because it's Gordon. But being a Scotsman, I was like, how much is it? He's, he said, I, I think he says like, you know, 2.4. I was like, plus the tax? He said, plus. I was like, oh, Gordon, that's a lot of money. He, he said, yeah, I know, but it's going to be good. I said, yeah, I know, it's going to be good, but it's a lot of money. Yeah. I've got two daughters that love horses. And uh, <laughs> I was like, you know. So he then... Um, we, we talked about it a bit and he, you know he's so enthusiastic about it and at that point it was just a drawing 
And then right at the start of COVID, I was sitting at home. We'd just kind of gone on the first lockdown, I think. And uh, I was reading Morris Hamilton's Nicky Lauda biography. And I just got to the bit where Nicky gets out of the, the Brabham in Montreal. And he's not happy and he retires on the spot. Gordon's really not happy. And my wife walks in with the house phone. Nobody calls on a house phone. And she's like, and she hands, she's holding the, the, the microphone and she's like, it's Gordon. Gordon? As you're on the page of the As book. I'm on the page yeah. of the book. I was like, I, I, whatever, page 126, whatever the page was. He's got, it's Gordon. I was like, who's Gordon? She's like, Gordon. It's like, Gordon who? She said, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm kind of making all these, she said, I don't know. And she said, he sounds nice. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I pick up the, pick up the phone, it's Gordon. And he said, oh, how you doing? Um, I told you, Gordon. My daughter's <laughs> like ponies. <laughs> daughter, I can't like, afford one. Yeah. And he said, um, we're launching T50. I said, I know. It's going to be amazing. I've seen, you know, some of the details now. It looks mega. I said, we want you to help us launch it. I was like, me? Mm. And he said, uh, he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. I'd love to. And uh, so I said, I thought I'm going to chance my arm here. I said, Gordon, one of my dreams would be to work with you in developing a car because I think it would be a privilege and just, it would, I'd, I'd love to learn from you. And, you know, was that something you'd consider? And he went, yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Let me think about that. What I didn't know was him and the board had had a meeting the week before and picked me out as the guy they wanted me to do this job anyway. So you, you're just... You just pitched for the job yeah, that you're about to be offered. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So then he's in you know, negotiations with Gordon. You know, both his parents were from Scotland. So um, yeah, it's you know, and I and that was from that was it, and that we we started the journey from there. And oh, it, it's fantastic! Well, yeah. So that's a long version. Sorry, that's how it came about. And gone then. Don't hold back. What's Gordon really like to work for? <laughs> he is. He's got a very strong vision of what he wants this car to be. And I think that is so important because it says it right there, Gordon Murray Automotive. People are buying the car because it's his vision. And um, I'm, I mean, I've got my, my opinions on certain things. And 99% of the time they line up on, you know, on what's right, what's wrong, what needs done, what needs to feel like, all that stuff. And he's got this great ability of making complicated, explaining complicated things in, in a simplistic way. Mm. Um, when we did the T33 launch video, we spent eight, him and I, eight hours in a, basically an office at Windlesham with you know, half an hour here, half an hour there on camera. And it was just, <laughs> it was just brilliant. I mean, yeah. any time I can spend with him, I love it. He's such a, you know, uh, a bit of hero worship from from my side. Oh, oh. Dario, you're sitting next to it. Uh, it's exactly the same boat. I mean, we've had, since, you know, GMA really fired up. I remember so clear, I went into the, the office um, just outside Guildford, the old, the old offices, yep. um, and sat down um, with my old boss, Charlie Turner, and he, and he said, right, Charlie, yeah. right, guys, here's the T50. 
here's, here's the headline specs. Uh, what do you think? And we were oh, just blown away. I remember coming out of that office just grinning, just looking at Charlie saying, we're about to witness something very special. And then obviously the, the reveal of this car, the reveal of the T33, he even showed us around his personal lightweight collection at Dunsfold, which is a special, special yeah. thing. So yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a unique, a unique person. But um, of course, no media, no one outside the company has, has driven this car yet, despite my persistence. Um, but go on then, is it as good as we're all hoping? Let's go back to the original. How much is it, Gordon? Question. Um, right before we did the launch, he said, we've sold 75% of these. There's 75 cars gone. Do you want one? I said, yes, I want one, but it's too much money, Gordon. Mm. Um, I just can't justify it where I am right now. And he said, are you sure? I said, yeah. Anyway, we did the launch, and of course, they all sold out in four hours, the last 25. And um, that was it. And a month, two months later, I drove it for the first time. And it was very early. I mean, it was only revving to six. Just, it was XP1. It was very raw. Of course, all this process is documented on YouTube, isn't it? So people can, if you're listening to this, get a window open now and go back and watch all these early development videos. Yeah, exactly. The first drive. And of mm. course, I drove the car and I was just thinking, oh, shit, I should have bought one. Oh, no. <laughs> so I went home. And I was lying in bed and I couldn't sleep and I was just thinking yeah. about driving this car across some crazy road in the north of Scotland. You know, roads that I take, the F40, take a GT, whatever. And I was just thinking about driving this car. And I wrote Gordon this long email about why I needed one of these cars <laughs> and you know, what I would do with it. And, and um, we went to the next test about a week later and we were looking at it and we are standing there and I'd just done my first sort of shakedown drive of this new I think it was XP2 and he walked up and he put his arm around me he said don't worry we kept you we kept you an XP back he knew well he knew you were <laughs> going to be the one that was driving it and it was going to win you over sooner or later exactly so that tells you how good it was even in the early stages and it's it drives it drives like a, in a lot of ways like a modern car but with the emotion of driving an old car and the interaction of driving an old car and I think that's what he was after you know small it's, but you've got to work with it. It's not a car that, that anybody can just access. You can't just floor it and, and you know, it does all, everything for you. You've mm -hmm. got to work with it. You've got to, and it, it is so rewarding when you, when you get it right. And um, the engine is the biggest factor, but, and it's wicked. The engine is wicked, but the balance of the car, the size of it, the weight, the, the center seat just makes sense, so much sense when you get in it. Um, and tell me about the first time you took it to 12,000 RPM then. The first time I took anything to 12 was um, was the Ultima with it, with it oh, in yeah. the back. And I just, it's actually documented again on YouTube. And I just, they're trying to be very, very serious. And I just pissed myself laughing. It's just epic. And then when you do it again and again, it's it's not like doing launches in an electric car. It's so, there's so much character to it. You mm. just, it just want to play is, the whole time. Is all the power up there at the top end? No. So, no. No. I told Gordon the other day, I know how to lose some weight in the car, make it even lighter. I said, take first and second gears out. <laughs> you don't, un, you do not, it's got so much torque and it's mm. so light that you don't, it, yeah, the torque comes in. I mean, from 3000 RPM, you're, you're on the dance floor. Oh my 
And you talked about the central driving position. I mean, it had to have a central driving position. You know, it's the spiritual successor to the McLaren F1, right? But I haven't driven an F1. I haven't driven a McLaren Speedtail, which also has a central driving position. Just try and describe that. What, what difference does it make? Why do people bang on about it so much? So I've only driven an F1 GTR. I've never driven a on the road, but I've never driven a, a normal F1 yet. You, it's everything symmetrical. <laughs> so you know, you're, the way the car feels in left and right handers feels exactly the same, first of all. That's important to me because I always feel, you know, whatever it is, an old, old Hot Rod 911 I had, the F40, whatever, they always feel different left to right. And this feels completely symmetrical, which is lovely. Much like, I mean, I spent my whole career driving, you know, single-seat single racing yeah. cars with yeah. that position. But then you've got the A-pillars, and the A-pillar doesn't intrude. So you've got a much better view. And it's so much easier to position the car with you know, the, the, the hump over the front wheels. And it, yeah, it just makes perfect sense. And, and getting in is easy. Uh, well, I was going to say, and a bit of sense of occasion, a bit of theatre, the way that you have to climb over a little bit. You know, not ideal because you've got to get there to the middle of the car. But, you know, get yourself installed and, and it's an event yeah, that's about to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's not difficult, actually. You, if, um, we're going to do a video on how to get in and out of the car. I just did it a minute ago there for some, for someone. I was like, you just sit on the... There's a sort of a bar across the front of the uh, the front of the, the passenger seat. Just sit on that, slide across, bump in, get out onto the bar again, and then stand up and step out. Yeah. It's dead easy. Dead easy. Um, and what about the fan? Is the fan up and up and running? Are the, are the sort of modes activated? Is it? Uh, yeah. Just describe how that kind of feels because you're getting this extra downforce at speeds that you wouldn't normally have it. Yeah. So. Um, Steve and Gareth have done all the, the, the heavy, the heavy where the test drivers done all the heavy, heavy lifting on that. And um, yeah, the fan is up and running and you definitely want it, put it that way. And we've just been working on how, it, how and when it switches on and off and, and what speeds, what G loadings, all that stuff. So they've, they've been working on that and you can definitely feel when it goes away. Yeah. And it's nice to, it's definitely nice to have it. And it just, you know, per Gordon's original brief, it stops you having to have a big dirty spoiler which which he's not a big fan of and it, it creates that downforce and again at, at slightly slower speeds you can get you you're getting you're getting good downforce through the through the whole car so again it's a it's a car that actually you know supercars in this kind of stratosphere they tend to be a bit fast and a bit much for public roads or a b road in the uk but but if you can drive this at you know, 60, 70 miles an hour and, and, and it's still sticking to the road and you're still feeling that manual gearbox and all the bits and bobs. You can have fun in this at 60 miles an hour. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the, the cool things because a lot of the other stuff, you've got to be have your hair on fire exactly to be going anywhere close to to that. And it's also, you look at the ride height. When we were at Nardo, they, had all these, they have these speed bumps. We were hitting them at 50 miles an hour just for fun. Yeah, and we're looking. We're looking at a T50. We're sitting behind a T33, but we're looking at a, a sort of baby blue T50 on the other side of the stand. And you're right. There is a decent, a decent amount of ground clearance there. You don't. I don't think it has a nose lift. Does it doesn't it? have a nose. No, no, no. God, that, you might show us way. Gordon, Gordon will eject me from the stand yeah, for even thinking it. Exactly. No, yeah. it's got it's got two pucks underneath. So if you ever do, you know ground out it doesn't damage the floor it just it's just the pucks and they're replaceable and they're like a fiver each or something yeah. but it's it's not an issue i've took it I took it in car parks in, in order to turn around when we we're filming and they were rocks in these car parks yeah. it's, 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 we, i haven't bottomed out whereas when i took the career gt to down dunsfold 
there was a load of ca- um, load of crown on the road, and yeah. it, it grounded it out a little bit. But this is it's so from that point of view, it's so usable. Um, I plan to, I'm going to use mine to take the kids to school in it. Well, that's interestingly was my next question was how. Gordon's adamant that this car has to be usable. And I've actually, I've just had my first look at the luggage pods in the side and they're decent size, aren't they? Um, oh, they're big. They're big, yeah. So, so that usability, the fact that you want to take your kids to school in it, the fact that you don't need nose lift and stuff, that's really important to him that this is a car you can drive long distances and take things and people with you. Does that mean though, does that translate to the suspension being relatively soft? A bit of body, uh, how much body roll is dialed in compared to really hardcore stuff like 765 LTs and... Oh, it's completely different than that. And I'm sure ultimate lap time, they might be faster, but I'm, it's not, it's a road car. Yeah. T50S will sort that out. (laughs) (laughs) But we got another one for that. We got one for that. But no, this is, it's a, that was the thing that actually really put me on to wanting one was the, how, how compliant it is, how much suspension travel there is, how, um, it, it does it roll? It doesn't roll as much as it did initially, but it's got, it's got a little bit of roll. But not, you know, you're not gonna. It's not hateful at all. Yeah, it's not, yeah. but it's so compliant. And the dampers, the, the the boys in the damper department and the test drivers, the job they've done with it. We found some really crappy roads in Italy, and it's like magic carpet stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I always say from a from a car journalist point of view, I've never met a car journalist that's got out of a car and said it's too comfy. Often they get out and say. Blimey, why do they have to make that yeah. so backbreaking? Secondary ride is so important. And this is this has got it. Yeah. And that's again, look at the tires on it. They're not cup twos. No. They're four S's because it's it's a it's a road car. Yeah. And that's the you know that, that that's what it's all been built around. Yeah. Well, Daryl, that's been absolutely fascinating. I'm off to type up the transcript of this as a 2,000 word first drive feature for Top Gear magazine. Thank you so much. Anytime. <laughs> I'm afraid we don't pay quite as well as Gordon. But, you know, you know, we don't know. Good. As I said, you're both parents being Scottish. <laughs> I'm doing this for the love of But just before we go, I've got a couple of um, quick fire questions for you so people back home can get to know you a little bit better if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you can only drive one car for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? Well, it's going to be T50. There we go. Gordon's not listening, by the way. <laughs> He's you're, not, You're no. allowed F40, Creo GT. Yeah, I love them. I love both of them. I've had them a long time, but they're, you know, they're a pain in the arse. All they have to run, to run full time. Mm-hmm. But this is usable. This is it. Gives you all those thrills and. Yeah, it's it's so yeah, it's usable. It's got luggage space. Um, my brother and I took the Creo GT to Le Mans one year, and we had luggage crammed in places you cannot believe. Mm. Um, last time you damaged a car. Unintentionally. Rental car. Um, rent, what did I do with it? Rental car, yeah, I, I, I uh, scuffed the mirror in May. But, but was that because you were cornering on the door handles? Or was it in a car park? It was because I was reversing out of a car park space. <laughs> it was not dramatic in any Ooh, way. Dynamic well, manoeuvre. Does the, does the suspension in the Duckham's braking... Did I do that? No. Well, no, you drove it properly and the suspension broke. That doesn't yeah, count. No, that doesn't count. Okay, we'll um, and lastly, what's your guilty secret? A car that you love, but you probably shouldn't. That's a good one. It's all right. We can edit this pause down, you know. Don't yeah, worry. I don't know. I mean, cars I love. 
There must, I bet this, there must be something from your childhood that there was a point in your life and you thought, yeah, that is the one. And then as you grew up, you realized it was terrible. Um, um, probably some of the Leary modified. Oh, here we go. Fast and Furious fan, are you? No, but like some of the Porsche stuff. Like, I remember I bought a 996 Turbo S and I put big wheels on it and lowered it and it ruined it. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I've done some stupid stuff with, stuff, with cars <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, that's probably the guilty. No, that, to, to be honest, you should be guilty about that. That's, oh, ter that's terrible. You ruined the car. Yeah. And for, for, for a man that's all about driving cars properly and getting them round tracks, you've just, you've just undone five years' worth oh, of engineering. I right? know, I know. It's not like Porsche know how to build a car or anything. <laughs> I, I did. I was going to buy a Rolls-Royce Dawn at one point until my friend told me I'd look like a lottery winner. <laughs> Good shout. Good shout. Stick, stick with the supercars, I would. Dario, thank you so much. That's been my fantastic pleasure. to chat.